0: Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, as this show would not be possible if it wasn't for them. Million Mar for stylish and unique all Australian gift boxes. Their ranges include corporates, him and her, babies, or you can design your own. Catch them today at www.millionmar.com.au. That's www.millionmar.com.au. And last but not least, Retrojet Prints. At Retrojet, they create unique, high quality retro-inspired artwork that's affordable. Designed by them for you to suit any setting. Find them today at Retrojet Prints on Instagram or Facebook. And now, let's start the episode. He got a bit carried away, Brendan. That's
1: not like Brendan to get carried away, is it? No.
0: Not. What a time to be alive. Steves the Disposal efficiency. Push the point.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 66 of the Pressure Point podcast. Bit different this one, we're side by side It's unusual to, uh, being, uh, looking directly at each other but um, it's good, it's different and we won't even have to keep it like this I reckon.
0: Well it feels like we're on a panel show doesn't it, a bit yeah. of Fox footy about it so.
1: <laughs> yeah no it's good it's, uh, but no it's, uh, it's a different episode tonight, we've got a, a very special guest, we've got uh, presenter and reporter for Fox Sports and host of AFL Tonight, Kath Locknan. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm loving this podcast. I like the opening tune and the the little backdrop you've got in, in there in this studio. So, no, pleasure to be on.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's tough when you're, um, you know, a local at-home podcast. You try and do what you can. So I think we've done a quite a good job. We're pretty impressed with it. But, uh,
2: very professional
0: thank you how's life been for you obviously the last couple of years we have you know been going through a pandemic and all the rest of it how's life been for you as a reporter
2: yeah to be honest i've been really lucky in the sense that um, i've been super busy with work and perhaps with the pandemic a lot of our uh, production got shifted to studio work so um, there was probably even more to do for someone like myself so, yeah, my workload increased a lot, which was really great last year when we were going through the stage four lockdown in Melbourne because I was so distracted and busy with work and I was lucky I got to leave the house. Um, even that was a luxury back in those times. And um, it's, it's kind of the same this season. I mean, it's been so interrupted with COVID yet again. So um, I've been doing heaps out of Fox footy in uh, Mel- our Melbourne studio but we still have the luxury of being able to go to the MCG and, and Marvel Stadium, which you certainly uh, don't take for granted anymore. So no, I've been very fortunate in, in this pandemic. And I think, you know, anyone who can say that they've still got a job is, is lucky in a way.
0: Yeah, exactly right. To be able to work through it is very fortunate. And the Olympics are on at the moment. You've been watching those pretty closely.
2: I have, I have. I mean, it's hard because we're still um, so invested in the footy season, of course. And, and given Channel 7 have the Olympic rights, we actually, um, it turns out Fox footy pick up a couple more games on the weekend. So we have to do a couple of extra games um, in terms of the production. So footy's become a, a little bit more hectic at Fox footy. But um, no, I'll get home late at night and I'll definitely chuck the Olympics on. And I'm a bit of a late night lurker. So I like to, you know, stay out watching, I don't know, whatever's on. I'll, I'll, I actually love the weightlifting. I mean, <laughs> I find that thrilling. Um, yeah, always got it on in the background. So it's, it's good.
0: I think the faces they pull during the weightlifting are pretty funny as well. If it's a yeah. reason to watch, I think that's definitely one of them. It's great.
2: I mean, that's what you love about the Olympics though, isn't it? That you have no interest in some of these sports in your everyday life, but then the Olympics rolls around and you become this heavily invested supporter of the sport and you're so invested in the Australian athletes competing in it up, you know, I haven't heard of some of these athletes leading into the games, but now all of a sudden you're across it all and you're an expert in weightlifting or gymnastics or whatever. So uh, I think that's the that's the fun of the Olympics, is you just get invested for a, a good fortnight and then and then just wait, the countdown begins for the next Olympics.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, just probably 20 minutes before we started recording, Marcus and I were watching, was it rock climbing? Yeah, the rock climbing. The rock climbing. So that's, yeah, how, that's uh, one yeah. of the new sports. Yeah. I
2: know. It's crazy, yeah. We've actually been lucky enough to do um, this Tokyo Daily Podcast uh, News Corp have been doing. So Mick Rewalt and myself have done a couple of episodes. So I've been keeping a close eye on the Olympics for that as well. But yeah, we were talking about that, the new um, sports skateboarding, like a 13-year-old won gold the other day. And then the surfing, so overdue the surfing to be at the Olympics. So that was pretty cool to see as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, um, we'll get into you and um and your your career to date and i guess we'll start from the start and um and yeah your early days in sport journalism and and why you wanted to get in there and and how it all all started really
2: i was pretty happy talking about the olympics (laughs) (laughs) um no i yeah well back to the start where was it i was so i grew up in um perth in uh wa obviously why did i say that of course you guys know that perth
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, every day so someone might have done something there
2: (laughs) um so i studied journalism at Curtin university i did a um semester over in the states in california and came back to perth with one semester to go and and i'm not going to pretend that i was this um, dedicated student i was pretty throughout my journalism degree but then got home from the states and I had a good time in the states when I traveled partied whatnot came back and thought okay now I'm serious about my career and the last semester was where you did work experience and I did um, a couple of weeks at different places but one was Fox Sports News in Sydney Um, and so I went over there for a week of work experience and then um, they I don't know I must have shown them something because they offered me some freelance work if I was going to relocate to Sydney. So I decided to move to Sydney and, you know, it was pretty a bit risky at the time. I think I was 20 and um, there was no contract. It was just freelance work. So they could drop me or hire me. So I took a bit of a risk, but I think that's what you've got to do in the early stages of your career is take a bit of a gamble. And if you've got the right attitude and work ethic, and you show respect to those in the industry who are clearly above you um you'll find a way and so yeah so I moved to Sydney at 20 and joined Fox Sports News and that's just kind of evolved to where I am so I I did start in that newsroom kind of um industry but never really had the desire to be say a Tom Morris or a Sam McClure or a Caroline Wilson where you're trying to you know you um, creating contacts and you're trying to break news and, and decide who's going where, um, sorry, I'll just turn that off. Um, and I never, yeah, I never really had that. That wasn't in my personality, but then I started doing, um, boundary for the AFLW when that began Fox footy knew I was in Sydney and I said, do you want to do the GWS giants AFLW games? And so I started doing a bit of boundary work and realized, oh, the live sport is really where I want to end up um but you know those jobs are really hard to come by and there's not many in the industry um so news was a great way to work my way up to that um and then obviously fox got the cricket rights so i started doing boundary with big bash and um eventually test cricket and and odis and all the different sorts of formats and cricket that uh, fox cricket has um and then moved to melbourne and joined fox footy and have been doing has but yeah, Fox footy in the winter, Fox cricket in the summer. And, and I really am where I want to be right now in doing footy in the winter and cricket in the summer and doing boundary and hosting. And, and that's, the, that's the beauty of being at um, a sports network is that there are so many shows, so many games. Um, there are so many options and things for you to do. I'm not working at, say, Channel 7 or Channel 9 or Channel 10 where they've got, you know, the news and then they've got their reality TV and then they've got the cooking show and stuff. Like. It's just purely sport. At Fox, And that's what I love about it most. I, th- I feel like you really are um, producing and delivering the best sports product for your nuffies that, you know, anyone could dream of. And that's, that's what I, I want to do is, is to do every game, every moment justice. And I think Fox Sports definitely does that. That was a really, really long answer. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic it's awesome. I've heard those long answers. So keep them coming.
2: <laughs> I could just see you two just nodding and smiling. I was like, God, I need to wrap this answer up.
1: <laughs> We're just taking it all yeah, in. No, we, no, love it. It. we love it. That was that was really good. Um, I guess following on from that, I guess what was that? What was that big story or that big and um, event in your career that really saw it? Um, you know, saw it take off and and really propelled you to sort of where you are now and really got you on that on that path to to, yeah, I guess Fox Sports at the end of the day?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there are definitely, um, you know, for example, the first moment that comes to mind is when I was asked to read Fox Sports News for the first time, so to anchor um, the Fox Sports News Bulletin. That, to me, now probably doesn't feel like such a big deal, but it really was back then. And it was actually the boss who, uh, my boss at, this current moment he was my boss back then so we're talking about eight years ago and he was the one who gave me that first opportunity so though it was crucial because he, he gave me that you know threw me in the deep end a little bit um so I could do it and has since been you know giving me opportunities mentoring me and, and helping me get to where I am today so yeah reading that um bulletin I was about I think I was 21 I was really young and I was so nervous. I remember it was a four o'clock bulletin on a Saturday afternoon, and I was shaking. I was so nervous. Um, it was all auto cue, like it wasn't that daunting now that I think about it, but back then it really was. Um, and it was a huge opportunity, and luckily it all went well. And then since then, there have just been little, you know, you, you get given these opportunities, which you know you can't stuff up. And if you stuff them up, you're probably not gonna get an opportunity like it again, or at least not for a very long time. So, for example, when you put on the boundary for a, um, for an AFL, you know, men's game or, you know, in my case, I started with the women's footy, um, you know, that's a big deal. You can't stuff that up. Um, or, for example, um, when I was put on test cricket for the first time, that was a really big deal. And I think probably in answer to your question, that was the moment that my career started to really change because Test Cricket such a big deal. Fox are the um, world feed for Test Cricket. So our feed, um, when we say world feed, that means our feed goes out to the world, whereas Channel Seven feed is just to within Australia. So it's a big deal. It's a big production. Um, there's huge pressure and you don't want to stuff it up. You want to do the best job possible. So perhaps doing Test Cricket for the first time was a bit of a game changer in terms of my career because I was able to prove to people I can do it and I'm not going to let you down. Um, since then, I've perhaps done more and more with Fox footy and Fox cricket. Um, but, yeah, it, they're, they're really daunting opportunities when they come along because you, you so badly want it, but then the nerves kick in and you know you've got to nail it. Um, and when you do nail it, it's one of the best feelings. Like that's the adrenaline pumping kind of feeling you get from television um and when you stuff up it doesn't feel too great at the time but you learn from it and you move on
0: oh absolutely well speaking of daunting is it true that um one of your first days out on the boundary your boss said to you if you stuff this up that's probably it for you and if you get it right then yeah. your career might take off did that happen
2: yeah that was the um fox sports news bulletin actually oh i remember that so clearly it was in his office and it, you know so daunting you know you go go up the lift up to the top floor and you're kind of trying to find his office and it's just all the executive's offices, like you feel so out of place as is. And then you walk in you're trying to act cool and confident because boss is always like when you have a bit of an understated confidence to you. Um, and, yeah, he told me, he said, uh, well, you know, if everything goes well on Saturday, um, we'll come back and we'll chat and, you know, we'll review your contract and see, you know, what the next steps are in your career. But if, if you're no good, then, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, leave it at that. And so you just, you just know that it's make a break. But I like that kind of feedback and I like that clarity with bosses. And, and I like when someone within the industry is, and, one, you know, a friend in the industry is game enough to say, yeah, that wasn't your best, but just do this next time. I prefer that than someone, you know, lying to your face going, oh, no, it was fine. Like, it was fine. You did well. No, I stuffed up. Like uh, let's let's just face the facts. Um, so that's where I'm really privileged with my current boss at the moment. Is he definitely does not beat around the bush, and that's
0: the way I like it. Yeah, probably the same. But insane. I've told Marcus this story before, but I work for a local sports media company, and one of my first days out, I went and did probably 12 Premier Cricket interviews. I got back on the Monday to load them all up, and the audio didn't work for any of them. And that was my first time <laughs> going oh, out, so no. it was a it was an absolute stink. <laughs> the boss did not beat around the bush when telling me <laughs> off that one. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a shocker. So I can relate. But um, in terms of moving from Perth to Sydney, obviously you were, you were young, like you said, moving away from family, friends. How did you find that experience? Must have been pretty tough.
2: Yeah, I think though, I was really, you know, I'm the youngest of five children, and um, my parents have always just encouraged us to go for it, go live your life. Mum had all of us five kids by the time she was 28. And I think she, you know, she never would say to us that she regretted it, but she always just drilled into us, go travel, go see the world, go party, go do everything you want to do before you have kids because once you have children, you know, their needs and wants forever come before yours. Um, So when I, you know, they were well across it. I was like, look, Fox Sports News have said I can come and they might have some freelance work for me. Um, But mum and dad would, you know, a lot of parents, I imagine in that situation would go, Oh, are you kidding? Like, they're not even offering you a full-time contract. Like, there's no security there. Like, what are you going to do for money? What happens if you can't, you know, feed yourself or put a roof over your house? You know, all that. But mum and dad were the complete opposite. They said, go for it. Um, you don't, and I remember dad saying, if it doesn't work out, you can just come home. Like, not that hard. So um, they were always very encouraging and I'm so glad that I've had that kind of support from them. And and yeah, you do, sometimes you got to think in those situations, what's the worst thing that can happen What you do? Just go home, like and say it didn't work out. It's fine.
0: So yeah. When you look at it like that, it really isn't as scary, I guess, is it? So, yeah. well, going back to what we we're talking about before in terms of making mistakes or blunders on air, there's oh. obviously a, a pretty famous one. You probably know what I'm going to talk about already. The famous oh. farting incident. Yeah. Um, which, you, if you look, if you think that was awkward on live TV, try being me when someone found my search history and I typed in Kath and farting and then trying to explain why <laughs> I was searching that. So it wasn't as awkward when you put it in perspective. <laughs> I could have worded it better yeah I could have I could have worded it much better when searching for it but I've I've worded it Catholic and farting and it's hard to explain that one but um,
2: that's a
0: tough one other than that have there been any other noticeable blunders or um, mistakes that you've made on air that have made you sort of freak out a little bit or have you been pretty good from what I've seen I haven't seen any mistakes other than that one but I'm sure you'll know better than me
2: yeah, no, um, yeah, that one's the the worst one. But in saying that, I, it's funny because you realise how far you've come in the sense of if I was to say farting, so I said farting instead of fighting. And to this day, whenever I have to go to say fighting, I really do stop <laughs> and make sure I say fighting. Like I'm always it's it's in the back of my mind. But I think if if I was to make that same mistake today and said farting instead of fighting. I would literally laugh it off on air, take the mickey out of myself and move on. And if it became a viral meme or something, I, I wouldn't really care because I think it's, a, it's actually, it kind of shows your personality now. If you stuff up and you take the mickey out of yourself, you, you almost, I think viewers kind of warm to that. Whereas back in the uh, start when I did that, I think, yeah, that was one of my first bulletins. I was so mortified. I thought it was career over. Um, I actually didn't realise I'd said it at the time, so I just carried on reading. I, I didn't even know I'd said it. But if I knew I had said it, I probably would have really freaked out and it would have been a car crash. It would have been awkward TV. But I think definitely with experience you learn to roll with it and also take those opportunities to show your personality. Um, you know, there, there are times, particularly now on Saturday Stretch, the Saturday night show I do with Brad Johnson and Jordan Lewis on Fox footy, there are so many times when I've stuffed up or Jordan stuffs up, Jono. And we all just take the mickey out of each other and it's actually a nice laugh and break up in between the serious footy chat. So um, yeah, I see it now as an opportunity to show personality, but I think that only comes with experience because obviously when you're starting out in the industry, your mindset's almost don't stuff up. Whereas when you're experienced, you don't ever think like that. Oh, don't stuff up. You're never thinking like that because you're really confident and experienced and you're just a professional and you know how to get the job done. Um, so it really does come down to experience and whenever someone asks me for advice or whatever it is I always say just take your time don't rush to get the dream job because when you've got it you want to be your very best and you want to absolutely nail it and and experience is so key in that because it makes you relaxed on air it makes you um it encourages you to show your personality and essentially it, it brings out the best in you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd have to agree with that. I mean, obviously this podcast, it's pre-recorded so we can edit whatever we want. But when we first started, I remember I made a pretty, I kept saying disposal efficiency instead of disposal efficiency. (laughs) And just because I was nervous being in front of a camera for the first time and, you know, Marcus started making fun of me for it while we are recording and then, it, like you said, you brush it off because you're having a laugh and you're more relaxed and, yeah, yeah your personality does get to shine. So that was a big bonus for us. Um, one of the coolest parts of your job and the part that I envy probably the most, um, among other things, is yeah. the, the the amount of athletes that you get to interview and yeah. speak to. Do you ever get starstruck still? I mean, you've, you've been doing it for so long now. Do you still get starstruck at times?
2: Um. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, particularly with international sports. So, for example, um, international cricketers, uh, That that's definitely, yeah, those are the starstruck moments. But um, still, they're happy. You know, unfortunately, you do get a little bit used to it the longer you work in the industry. But I definitely remember starting with Fox Cricket and, you know, Shane Warnes, all of a sudden your colleague, or Adam Gilchrist, or Mark Hussey, and that is. Pinch yourself, kind of stuff. Um, footy wise, you know, like for me, I grew up a Fremantle fan. So when I all of a sudden started working with Matthew Pavlich, I was just thinking, like, oh my god, what? How is this my life? Like, I remember being a little girl cheering at Subiaco Oval, always looking at Pav and thinking how enormous his thighs were, and just always <laughs> like cheering for him to kick it goal. Like, I loved Matthew Pavlich, and now he's one of my Fox Footy colleagues. That's awesome. So, yeah, and definitely, um, you know, sometimes even you just forget how big and athletic footballers are and you just, when you go to the MCG or Marvel Stadium and cover a game and you see them up close for the first time in a while, you are just amazed at what um, elite athletes they are. Um, Ollie Wines is one who springs to mind. I mean, because we don't often see Port Adelaide play in, in the flesh here um just realizing how fit he is um particularly this you know he's having an awesome season this year um so yeah starstruck definitely more so with the international cricketers and whatnot um but still consider myself so enormously privileged to work with the legends of the game that i do in at you know, fox footy you know jason dunstall gary line Jonathan brown I, I could name them all um, yeah it is pitch yourself kind of stuff sometimes
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, I've, t- I've spoken about it with Marcus a hundred times before and speaking of, you know, ex-players and all that, I don't mean, know if, if I met Matthew Richardson being a Richmond fan, I would, I would lose it. I don't even know what I would be able to, I'd <laughs> I just, you know, I wouldn't be able to speak properly. So but speaking of players like Pavin Richo does it as well. There's obviously a lot of ex-players that are in the media industry at the moment that sort of transition through. Did you ever find yourself having to compete against these sort of blokes when making your way up through your career or did you sort of back yourself in and find your own way in without having to worry about what they were doing?
2: Yeah, that's a really, really good question because I was talking to someone about this the other day. When I started out in the media, I saw all my strengths as weaknesses. So I looked at the past players and past coaches and, and thought, oh, you know, I've never played the game like them. I've never coached the game like them. I've never worked inside the four walls of a football club. I don't know what that lingo means. I don't. I can't read the game as well as them. You know, I was so insecure about that and, and saw that as massive weaknesses. But then over time I've realised, well, that's not my role. That's not my role on Fox footy. And my strengths are actually, you know, I see now my weaknesses as strengths because 99% of Fox footy viewers can relate to me in that we don't know what it's like to play in a grand final. We don't know what it's like to win a premiership. We don't know what it's like to be an AFL footballer. So over time with experience and also building credibility and respect from viewers, they know now that I know the game and love the game and that I do my research. I'm confident enough to just ask what I perhaps may have considered dumb questions back in the day. Like, for example, if Brownie is explaining something and I don't get it, I'm confident now to, to say, hang on a second, you know, on air, hang on a second. I don't understand what you're saying. Explain that to me again. Or why would that player do that? Or, or what do you mean by that? Whereas back in the day, I'd probably think, no, I, I should know that, you know, that that'll come, I'll come across as a dumb blonde. If I ask "What is he, what does he mean by that? So um, yeah, I, Probably at the start of my career, yes, what you're saying, I perhaps did look at the past players and just think, oh, I'm nowhere near as good as you. But now just with time and confidence and experience, you realise, well, that's not my role. My role is to get the best out of the players. So to, to tap into their minds because that's essentially what the viewers want. Um, and then my role other than that is to steer the ship and make sure it's a, a you know, smooth and entertaining broadcast. And I also think your role as host and i particularly take this quite seriously when i'm doing stretch my role is to make the show as entertaining as possible it's to get the most out of Jono and the most out of geordie and to make sure that they enjoy it too and when there's a show with no with um without chemistry you know a it's boring but i think that falls back on the host because your job as host is to make sure it comes across it. even if you have panels and you this happens all the time. You have panelists who don't like each other, don't really get along, or perhaps their egos are clashing. You've got to find a way to get through that and make them enjoy it and get the best out of them. That's my job.
1: Yeah, no, that uh, sounds great. Um, and just while we're on these AFL personalities and working with them, do you have, do you have a favourite to work with? Uh, it's probably hard to choose. I know you work with so many of them, and you mentioned yeah. before how much of a hero he was. I don't yeah. know. Do you, is there a favourite if you had to pick one?
2: Yeah, and then if they find out that I've said one of them, <laughs> my favourite, they'll never let me live it down. <laughs> I'm going to narrow it down to two, and it's purely because I work with them on Saturday nights, and that is Brad Johnson and Jordan Lewis. Yeah, there, we've got to, we're pretty <laughs> tight on the stretch. And, and throw Tom Morris in there too, because he'll be yeah. mad if I don't include him on that. He's definitely part of our little stretch crew. And we, just the, the four of us get along so well. It's so fun. Um And No egos. We all love coming in on a Saturday night and working with each other, which says a lot. I mean, it's Saturday night. You can be doing a lot more, perhaps not in this pandemic when things are in lockdown, but you can be doing a lot more fun of things on a Saturday night, but it's, um, yeah, it's a joy to work with them. And so perhaps they're my (laughs) favourites.
0: Well, I'm surprised at that answer, to be honest, because I have seen videos of uh, Dermabrote and straightening your hair. I thought he might have been <laughs> is he a good hairdresser. You've got a potential career after after the media, if that doesn't pan yeah. out.
2: He's so funny. Every time I walk in, he'll look at me and go, good day, chick. And I'll just go right back to him I'll say, good day, toots. And then will talk gibberish. He's, um, he's a ball of fun, Derm, and he's, he brings such a good vibe to Fox Footy. And I tell you what. If you want a bit of behind the scenes goss, this isn't really goss, but just a fun fact. That man eats so much. He eats food that you de- like. He is a machine when it comes to food. He will walk in with a you know big bag from Coles or wherever he's been, and he'll have you know those Buller ice creams, like those yeah. packs of Buller ice creams. He'll demolish them in within an hour he'll eat all eight and it, you know you think like yeah. if you're gonna go a eight pack of ice creams why don't you go like a connoisseur like cookies and cream or something but he buys those boor ones loves them he will have a packet of clinkers packet of those pineapple lolly. like he is he has a massive sweet tooth and i i always say to him you should be the size of a house like how he's still relatively fit and trim looking i it blows my mind but yeah he um Yeah, he's not afraid to uh, get on the tools and straighten my hair if need be. He's he's a real team player.
0: (laughs) So I can't believe that he's an extremely good Nick for someone that eats as much as you're saying he does. I know, I know. And not to call him old, but someone his age metabolism normally slows down a fair bit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
2: I know. So um, I don't know, yeah, what's going on inside that body, but I I kind of want it because, yeah, he just eats chocolate, ice creams, like sugar all day, every day, and still looks fit (laughs) somehow. (laughs)
0: It's Fair enough. It must be doing a lot of work behind the scenes that I we're not saying for sure. For <laughs> sure. Well, speaking of blokes like Dermy and all that, um, it is obviously at the moment, sports journalism, a little bit of a male dominated kind um, of think of the word I'm looking for the mad dominated industry. That's yep. the word I'm looking for. Um, have you, have you found any hurdles in terms of working through those stereotypes early days? I know there's a lot more female reporters now, which is great to see. but the early days you've been around for a while now, was there, did you notice any hurdles in particular, or did you sort of fight your way through it pretty easily?
2: Yeah, well, I remember um, starting out someone saying, oh, you should do sports journalism. And the only real sports journalist I was aware of at the time was Katie Price, who was working at Channel 10 in Perth. She's now at Channel 10 in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I knew a lot of female sports journalists, but... Um, I have to say I I have had it pretty easy in that regard in that I've I've never really encountered too many difficulties being a female in this industry. But I know that's partly because there have been women who have come before me who have made it easier for people like me. I'm talking about Caroline Wilson, Kelly Underwood, Sarah Jones. Um, Those women have really paved the way for it to be totally acceptable to see females talking about footy now and to be on Fox Footy or on a radio broadcast or you know, online, whatever the role is. It's so normal now to have women involved in footy, which is great. But I know that was, that wasn't the case. And so I'm always really respectful and appreciative of those women. At the same time, I think you, you don't ever want to get a job because you're a woman. Um, and you, you want to get it because you're the, you're just the best person for the gig. So um yeah, whilst we should encourage women, I don't think, um, you know, I'm not one nowadays to really celebrate, uh, oh, she's the first female to do this. She's the first woman to do this. Because I feel like that almost just pit, pits women against each other. And why would you want to be just the first female or the best female? You just want to be the best. Like I just want to be the best at what I do in my industry, not the best woman. Um, so, yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, because, of course, we want to support each other and, and you know, get behind the sisterhood. But at the same time, you know, do we really have to make such a big deal about gender? Um, I think we should just, yeah, if we really want equality, if we're going for this gender equality mission, I think perhaps the next step is to not play the female card and just, yeah, just try to be the best full stop.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great perspective. I um, think that's what yeah. we've been talking about as yeah. well
0: a few times that we agree with that. And I think if you're trying to... Well, I mean, it's easy for us to say, but I think if you're trying to reach an agenda or you know make a quota, then it doesn't have the same effect as if, like you said, is compared to when you're just the best at what you do, which you both agree that you are the best at what you're doing at the moment. So, definitely, you know. It's not a quota at all.
1: Yeah. And just just while we're on the on the on the women's um side of things, what, what are your thoughts on the AFRW coaching landscape at the moment? I know there was a bit yeah. of talk this morning around there's no um women coaches at the moment. And um, yeah, Nikki Dale just got the St. quarter one and there was a bit of talk around that this morning. What what are your thoughts on it? Do you feel like there has to be, I mean, just given what we were talking about before, you probably it should be the best person for it, but yeah. do you feel like there should be more of a, a, a female presence in the coaching ranks?
2: I think ideally, yeah, of course we want female coaches, but do you give the female the gig over a man who might be more qualified and might be more successful? I don't know. I, You know, that's kind of, that's the difficult part of it all. Um, You also hear sometimes, you know, murmurs of, of women who don't want to deal with AFLW and want to just get into the men's programs. And you think, well, you know, does that help? I don't know. Like, should you, shouldn't you just be taking any opportunity? Um, Not any opportunity, but uh, you shouldn't disregard the AFLW and just think you're better than that. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a really tricky one. Ideally, of course, you want to see more female coaches, but then at the same time, similar to what I was saying just before, you don't want to just give someone the gig because they're a female and you're trying to reach some quota and, and, you know you think it will look good in this politically correct world no you want the best person for the job but um perhaps it's going to be something where when uh your alicia Evers and and the current players start to retire and those players, and i use alicia Evers for an example because i know she wants to get into coaching she already is coaching um perhaps down that it's just going to take a couple more years to to see a more a big influx of female coaches but, yeah, ideally it's, it's not a good look but um, sometimes I reckon maybe we need to park the good look chat and just make sure that the best person for the job is getting the gig. And I just think, yeah, like the AFLW is, is still so fresh and raw. Um, hopefully we see more female coaches coming through the ranks over the next few years, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of the AFRW as well, and like you said, in the next few years, it's just going to continue to get better and better. And we're already seeing some of the younger generation of girls that are getting drafted. You know, we just had the draft recently. A lot of these girls have played football from a young age compared to some of the older girls that had to transition from other sports. So the talent already, I mean, Ellie McKenzie is the one that stands out for me. Um, Obviously, number one draft pick last year. went to the Tigers and and she looked unreal. And it was because she's been playing her whole life. So you can just imagine the talent's only going to get better and better from there. And I guess... With, the, with good talent will come better coaching as well so the best coach for the job is definitely gonna be able to take on the best talent
2: yeah and now younger girls are seeing that aflw is a thing i mean think back to five or six years ago like the aflw didn't even exist so now younger girls are watching the competition on seven and on fox footy and thinking oh, okay maybe i want to try footy and yet from a young age and as you said um the talent's just going to get better and better it's going to get more and more competitive and well, you know, it's funny in the first year of doing the AFLW, there were so many athletes, and there still are. Where you go, oh, so you 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 chose footy over cricket, or you're you're still juggling footy with tennis or whatever. You know, there's so many dual athletes. Whereas that's that's going to fade out. You can tell already because these girls who are coming through are just diehard footy. Um, footballers. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be so exciting to it, it. Every year, it gets better and better, and you see such a huge level of improvement. It's going to be so exciting to see where it's at in just five years' time.
0: 100. My little sister's 15, and she is pretty keen on playing when she gets a bit older. And I'm keen on her playing too because I want to live vicariously through her because I never made it to the big league. So she's yeah. a chance. She's still young and got ability. So I'm living by vicar- What's her name? What's her name? Abby. Abby. Abby, okay. I'm gonna last name. Deluca. Abby Deluca. Watch out for her. Oh, but
2: the name even gets me thinking. She's going to be a star. That's yeah. a See, good it's. Name. It's,
0: a it's Abby a good Deluca name. for the Richmond yeah. Tigers. She'll be in the yellow yeah. and black. Don't you worry about that.
2: <laughs> I remember that name.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, I'm sure you could, as you heard in Tom's interview last week, we uh, we're on a segment called the pressure cooker where we'll ask you a few quick fire questions. And first I thing think. that comes to your mind, um, yeah, you feel free to yell it out. So we'll um. We'll get the intro running and we'll, we'll get stuck into it. I'll kick us off. Who's your tip for the flag this year?
2: Geelong. Geelong. No. My stat is they've only conceded 30 goals in the past five weeks. They're the hardest team to score against. So I think that's why they're going to win.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, who's your tip for the Brownlow?
2: Marcus Bontepelli. But then part of me is thinking, are we not paying enough attention to an Ollie Wines? Or, you know, Brownlow, there's always a surprise on the night. But if I'm placing a bet, it's on Bontepelli.
1: Yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, Rising star.
2: I'm going to go Tom Green. I love this kid. Um, He's an absolute weapon for a 20-year-old. So I'm going Tom Green. But that is so wide open this yeah, it year. Is. I mean, I think the, it's even going to come down to these last three rounds. Like if Mitch Georgiades kicks a bag in each of these last three games, then it's probably his. I don't know. But I'll go Tom Green.
0: You're right. It really is anybody's race at the moment. Tom Green is a good one. I like that one. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So what is your favourite news story of the year?
2: Oh, Elsa Clarkson. It was yeah. so messy. It was so juicy. You had so many big egos going at it. It was even... Juicy from a media perspective because people were saying Caroline Wilson's so off the mark and she's so wrong and then she just, you know, maintained her stance and came out the absolute winner because she was right all along. Um, Same with Sam McClure. Tom Morris even copped it a little bit with some of his reports, but, um, yeah, incredible journalism from Caroline Wilson and Sam McClure. So that was really interesting because I'm a bit of a journalistic nerd like that. But then just the story, I mean... (laughs) Alistair Clarkson, the greatest coach of all time, and you're flicking him because Sam Mitchell's come to you and said that Collingwood are interested in me? Like, I think it's just, it's been an unreal story. Um, And, yeah, I still can't believe that Clarko's going and and Sam Mitchell's coach as of next year. Puts enormous pressure on Sam Mitchell, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That that story is, it's ridiculous. It's it's hard to, like, realise what actually happened on friday how messy that ended up getting but
2: and i'm so excited to see how sam mitchell goes because i do think he will be a fabulous coach and if he succeeds at hawthorne well wow yeah that is
0: watch how the story turns around if he does well it'll be the horses for doing this
2: we'll be praising jeff kennett
1: (laughs) (laughs) um all right who do you think will take the eighth spot that no one wants
2: yeah no one does want it do they um I'm so surprised Fremantle are currently in eight spot. Um, I think GWS should. I really think GWS should. Um, the return of Toby Green as well really helps. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go GWS.
0: Absolutely. All right, then last one. Which sport do you prefer covering, if you're allowed to say this, footy or cricket?
2: Oh, that's such a hard one. Everyone always asks that. Um uh, Oh, that's really hard. I really can't pick. I'm going to sit on the fence. Am I allowed to sit on the fence?
0: Oh, oh we'll, give it, we'll <laughs> give it to you. You're lucky. You're lucky. We'll give it to
2: you. Okay. Yeah, no, I just I love them both. Like, they're so different as well. Um. It's so fun when there's no COVID restrictions and you can travel around in the summer and cover the cricket and, and do all the different formats, like tests, one day cricket, big bash. Um, but then... I think footy's always footy's just childhood for me, and uh, you know I can see it in your eyes too. You guys are just fanatics as well, and there's nothing better than like grand final week. So yeah, I'm gonna sit on the fence. I'm really sorry about that one, but I just can't no. pick. We'll give you that. We'll give you that. Well,
0: actually, in saying that, then you mentioned cricket and all the different forms. What would you say your favourite form of cricket is? Test 2020. Uh, yeah,
2: cricket. Test yeah. cricket. Yeah. Genuine blame, I think yeah. as well in this um, era where, we, you know, we always want everything immediately and, and you know, social media and, and we just want everything within five seconds. I love test cricket. No, you're gonna have to wait five days for a result here. It's the drama, um, all the different storylines, the battles within the battle. Yeah, test cricket for sure. And. Asher's series this summer, how good!
0: Yep. Huge, exactly. Very excited yeah. for that. Looking oh, forward to it. We're, we're going to take a cricket spin this summer too on the podcast. So it's something
2: nice will okay. yeah, yeah. well, have to come back for the cricket. Yeah.
0: cricket Absolutely. We know, we know where to find you now. So definitely. we'll we we'll definitely get you back. On.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on as well. It's been really fun and, and it's so cool what you guys are doing. I love podcasts. And you know, when you look at the age demographics of people who listen to podcasts, they're only going to get bigger and bigger and be around for a very long time.
1: So you guys have got in early here. Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're loving it. It's, it's, it's been great. And we get to talk to some great people as well. And, um, and it's good for, a lot of our mates love it and listen to it every week and it's good for them too. And yeah, no, it's, 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 it's good fun. I'm glad we did it. So, um, but yeah, I guess on that note, we'll, we'll end it there and we'll wrap up and um, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on Kath. Um, really thank you. Thankful for your time and um, it was a great chat and, um, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. I didn't even ask you guys. So you're Richmond. Who's your team?
1: I'm Carlton.
0: Oh. oh. <laughs> so we're both fighting for the eight at the yeah.
2: moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tough season. What do you think about Teague?
1: Jeez. Oh, this time last week I thought he was gone and I wanted him gone, but then the performance on Friday night said otherwise. So I don't know. This is going to be a big three weeks for him, that's for sure.
2: Would you like Ross Line or
1: Alistair Clarkson? Oh, def- Definitely Clarkson. Um, that, that's what makes it really hard. But we're in the same situation when Malthouse was available and look yeah. what happened there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. It's going to be a big three. I think it, it's, yeah, if we can have a good three weeks, I think Teague stays, but, yeah, who knows?
0: Let me tell you, if there was ever a club that goes through emotional roller coasters, it's Carlton. You yeah. win one week, everybody wants to coach the coach to stay. You lose the next, they want him gone.
1: It's not healthy to be a Carlton supporter, that's for sure.
2: I just completely gatecrashed your podcast too and started asking the questions. So I'll get back in my box and let you guys wrap up.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, we love it. We love it. We're on the other end for the first time. It's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, seriously, thanks for having me on. And then I'll, I'll be a loyal listener of Fresh Point Podcast from now on.
0: Oh, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Kath.
2: <laughs> thanks, guys.
0: Cheers. So, see you later. I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Capital Edge. Capital Edge is a boutique company set up to help you build a property portfolio quickly and effectively, whilst minimizing any direct out-of-pocket costs. They implement strategies to help reduce your payable tax and avoid the common pitfalls of property investment. The simple difference with Capital Edge is that with any investment you make, it's all about you. Capital Edge, educating clients to make informed property choices using research-based processes.